When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you surprising yourself with your level? (laughs) (laughs) Do you know who I am? Yes. With this panel, the return of El Duncan, of Emily Kaplan, of Monica McNutt. Blackstone's always here. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) Ladies, I haven't seen you in a month. You've been traveling the world, all of you. You've been you've been on incredible assignments. Great to have you back. And also black. Are you surprising yourself with your level? No, I know. It's so great. It's so great. I'm just Serena, you know. So honestly, I put that on the put that on the memoir, right? Ninety-eight, really. Um, literally, I've had an X on my back since 99, so I don't have anything to prove, I don't have anything to win, and um, I have absolutely nothing to lose. You see what nothing to lose looks like, you know? Serena, it's an extra superpower for a superhero. That third set, just deconstructing Contivate, and the outpouring of love and positive vibes only. Think of it like this, in sports there's always an opposing team, opposing fans, right? That's not the case here. It's all love and hope and Tiger fist pumping like he just hit a putt. And there's a tribute after tribute after tribute. Every match, it's the same tribute. It's the open tribute again after the match. Got to ask you, National Pan, are you beginning to feel like greatness and a great story is combining into a truly special moment that can carry Serena to victory around the horn to L. Duncan? Tony, like there's so many trigger words that you just said. As I was watching this match, I knew that you were going to do what everybody's doing right now, which is why I'm celebrating. But also this thing is really complicated because, yes, Tony, I, too, found myself a couple times screaming, there's blood on the water, rip her effing throat out. And I'm not proud that my children were there when I said that. But here's the thing. The reason we keep talking about like, oh, well, she's playing, she's moving, she's playing better, she's playing looser. Look, something special already has happened. We finally have Serena in a tournament where we're not asking about Margaret Court and chasing some record. We're not asking or talking about the last time that she made a major finals, the last time she did this, the last time she did that. We truly walked into this expecting nothing. And now all of a sudden that she's winning, we're going to start lumping expectation on her. And that's wrong. I don't think that we should do this because then we find ourselves disappointed. And the whole part of this run is to simply celebrate her for exactly who she is. So I really, really caution us from doing too much after watching last night. I don't even know how we do the rest of the show. Okay, but what do the numbers say about that, L? 24 is right there. It's right there. You don't want to go there. No, I just, you guys, like, we keep doing this to her. And again, this is all about sort of celebrating. Serena's already done enough for us. She has nothing to prove. She just said it. What she's already done is special. Let's stop acting like she needs to hit. This is not Tom Brady or Tiger Woods. They're not the same Mm. sports. They're not the same situation. We need to stop expecting that and let her live. Kevin Blackstone, dare you think that Serena can now win the U.S. Open? 
I mean, I think that she can. I didn't think that that was an impossibility. I mean, we are talking about the greatest women's tennis player of all time, and we're talking about her playing on basically her mm-hmm. home court. Exactly. I mean, that's what that's what Flushing Meadows is um, for her. Uh, but I will say this, and maybe I'm echoing a little bit of what Elle was saying. The, the melodrama around this really has gotten to a point where I'm trying to divorce myself from it and just try it's to too enjoy much. Are you watching. saying it the tributes too are too much? Are you it, saying it, the, the, the it, nonstop praise and love for Serena is too much? It is. It, it, it has become for me, I just want to watch her play tennis. I just want to watch the tennis match. So I have to turn down the volume. I have to look away when mm. everything else is going on. You know what I remember? I remember 1996 in Atlanta. It was Carl Lewis's last Olympics. Everybody knew it was going to be his last. He didn't qualify for the sprints, but he did qualify barely for the long jump. And so we watched him, and he went out, and he did his thing, and he nailed his, his gold medal fourth time in that event in the Olympics. And it was a big, big deal. But there wasn't all of this and you can kind of concentrate on what made him so great. Mm. Emily Kaplan, we turn to you. So I disagree with Elle and she's Elle, just like Serena is Serena. I'm like, I appreciate Elle's point so much, but I don't think it's unfair to have expectations for her because that's what she wants. I'm like, look, I adore Serena. I literally have a painting of her in my living room, but even I found <laughs> Monday Sarah. I do, I do. I'll show you guys a photo. But I found Monday ceremony to be so gratuitous and absurd. And honestly, mm-hmm. it's something to smell the roses while it's happening. But this was almost disrespectful because it literally felt like it was planned. They invited Gail King out there because they expected her to lose. And I'm even watching SportsCenter this morning and Mary Jo Fernandez is going on. Like, I didn't even think she would show up to the U.S. Open. That's how poor she was in Cincinnati. Wow. But this is Serena. The reason we love her is because she's an unrelenting winner. And she's literally proving to us with this vintage performance where she's unlocked this previous version of herself, where she goes and blows a 40-love lead and then breaks in the very next game, where she's hitting 120 Mm -hmm. miles per hour in a serve late in this grueling three-set match. And so, like, let's just appreciate the tennis because for Serena, it's always been about the way Mm -hmm. that she shows up and competes, and that's the way to respect her, and then we'll get plenty of time to smell the roses later. So let me get this straight. What you're saying is just appreciate the tennis, and we'll get to the tributes later. Okay. Monica McNutt, bring you in here. I'm inclined to lean with Emily on the first night ceremony. I was like, oh, so great. Everybody clearly thinks she's going to lose the next match. What happens if she wins, which she did? Did, excuse me. I will say, I think through all of this, we've got to be really mindful to listen to what Serena has said. She's talked about not having the pressure, about being able to be free and celebrate the body of her career. But even further than that, if you go back to her podcast with Meghan Markle, Archetype, she really talks about the things that she wants in her next chapter. And so whether we're a little bit uncomfortable in that second set where she looks terrible or a little bit uncomfortable with all the praise or the expectations, like, it's not about us. Like, we've had the privilege of enjoying two decades long of great tennis from this incredible woman i'm almost hesitant to ask her scared to ask that i might get what what evie got and what what xander got but do you think the tributes and uh playing doubles tonight is a toll an emotional toll that serena shouldn't be getting l No, let her do it. Listen, this U.S. Open should be whatever she wants it to be because it's going to be her final Mm -hmm. one, and that's my point. Let's not put our expectation of wanting to see some storybook ending on it. Let's just appreciate it for whatever it is, whether it lasts two matches, three matches, or more. And Kevin Blackestone. Her next opponent is also playing doubles. This, unfortunately, is what women have had to do at this level of tennis. And so this is just a reminder of what Venus and Serena have done for women in tennis. They no longer have to do this if they don't want to. 
She certainly does, and that's tonight, 7 o'clock, at Arthur Ashe. And, you know, they've never actually had doubles in primetime. You're seeing it tonight. Another chance for a tribute. Roll that Oprah. <laughs> we'll move on. Russell Wilson getting paid by the Broncos. Five years, $245 million. The guarantee is $165 million, which means he's the second-highest-paid quarterback and player in NFL history and with average annual salary only behind Aaron Rodgers. He signed through age 40. Kevin Blackstone around the horn to you. Does this deal make sense? It makes plenty of sense to me, Tony. You know what I like to say? There are two teams in the NFL, those that have a quarterback and those that do mm-hmm. not. And the Denver Broncos have found another one in Russell Wilson. You're talking about a guy who you can compare to Brady, Manning, Rodgers in terms of their first 10 years in the league and throwing touchdowns. That's how prolific he's been in his career. So they found this guy and they have locked him up. He's had a healthy career. He's a winner no matter where he's been. And I assume that he's going to be a winner uh, in in Denver too. So I think this is a really, really um, smart move. I don't think this is out of uh, of the arena at all. Kaplan? Part of me hates giving this much money and this many guaranteed years to a guy that literally hasn't taken a snap with your franchise. However, you've already given up first-round picks and assets in the future. And then, as Kevin says, if you look at his career, only once in 10 years has he not met 16 games and played all 16. That was last year. That was the only year he's also been a loser. So he's very durable. He's very consistent. And if you're these new owners coming in, you're saying... We haven't beaten the Chiefs in seven years. What's the biggest difference between us and the Chiefs in that span? Oh, yeah, they have an all-world quarterback. And Russell Wilson is not Pat Mahomes, but he can keep up enough with Pat Mahomes and the other guys in that division. So I'm fine with it. Well, Duncan? Yeah, those new owners, the richest owners in the NFL. And because it's Walmart, I hope that his contract also came with a set of new tires and a garden hose. Um, I'll say this. I spent $10 for a bottle of water outside of Yankee Stadium last month because I was parched. Can you imagine how much money I would have spent if I was dying of actual thirst? The Broncos have had one winning season since Peyton Manning retired. They just bought themselves relevancy again. They just bought themselves an opportunity to compete again. I'm a Broncos fan. It's not about just making the playoffs. That is a franchise that expects championships, and they're going out on a limb here and hoping that they can have lightning in a bottle again by bringing in an old vet like it worked with Peyton Manning and paying this man. Give the man his money. Give the Duncan her points. And Monica McNutt. Ah, the comparison to Peyton Manning, who was much further along in his career. No, but I hear you. Ultimately... The Denver Broncos now have a quarterback. It's hard to knock this deal more than anything. I looked at it and was like, oh, so we're just doing everybody into their 40s now? The length was a little funny to me. But other than that, you can't knock the body of work that Russell Wilson has provided. And so kudos to the Broncos because I'm definitely a fan of a team that has struggled with the quarterback for a very, very long time. Well, then another angle for this story, if you're all in agreement, Emily, you're Lamar Jackson. You're Lamar the quarterback and you're Lamar the agent. How do you react to today's news? If I'm Lamar, I'm hiring an agent because I think that an agent would have recommended he hold in during this training camp because an agent can take a guy like Deshaun Watson, who has nearly two dozen credible accusations of sexual assault against him, and understand the market and still get him the largest guarantee in NFL history. Meanwhile, his leverage is losing by the day now because if he wants that guaranteed money, now the Ravens are like, well, wait. Actually, Deshaun was the outlier, and actually, this is actually the precedent where you don't get this much guaranteed money, and yada, yada, yada. So, if I'm Lamar Jackson, this is not a good situation, and I hire him. 
Ooh. It actually gives you great clarity because you can prove that Deshaun Watson was anomalous if you're the Ravens, and then you have a starting off point. Like Russell Wilson's making $165 million guaranteed. Kyler Murray's making like $190 million guaranteed. You're somewhere in the middle. I think it actually narrows his focus. And Black Skull. I compare Lamar should be compared to Kyler, should be compared to Deshaun, 25, 26-year-old quarterbacks. They don't have the body of work, as Monica would say, of a Russell Wilson. Let's have one MVP, though. Uh, One. But what do the numbers say? L. Duncan in the lead, 21 (laughs) points. Everyone playing for second. By herself. He's just out. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. How the sky evened up with the sun, the finest vintage of Candace Parker, and ball movement and efficient offense. We'll get to that in a second. How the aces evened up with the storm. This one was a lot sweatier. Vegas was down after the first. Asia Wilson's bounce back was needed, and it came, especially in the second and third. Still needed to hit those clutch free throws to keep the storm back in the fourth. Start with that game, Monica. What's the takeaway? Is it as simple as Wilson versus Stewart, best game wins? Ooh, as tempting as it is, Tony, that is an oversimplification. Listen, the Storm have Jewel Lloyd and Sue Bird, and on the other side for the Aces, there's Chelsea Gray and Kelsey Plum. Those two players, Wilson and Stewart, I mean, are definitely the heads of the snake, but it's going to be about which supporting cast best supports their stars. This series is so good. All right, so we've got we've got the, the tented fingers and, and the maniacal laughter. <laughs> Watching this series, last night's takeaway, number one was the bounce back for Asia Wilson. Absolutely. I mean, uh, when she scored in single digits, she averages 25 points in that bounce back game. So she did exactly what she was supposed to do last night. You saw the Las Vegas Aces move the ball much better offensively and take away some of those transition mm-hmm. points they gave up in game this one. This panel just realized they got into a conference semifinals debate with Monica <laughs> McNutt. Emily Kaplan, I'll bring you in here. What if I do the evil hand? Well, I, I, I do a reward <laughs> points for that. I mean, very impressive. Okay, cool. What I see in Kelsey Plum is something awesome because here's a girl smack-talking Sue Bird, who's a woman that just grew up that? Yeah. That's pretty cool. But she showed up defensively. It's about the guards because they were over 7 with Kelsey Plum as the primary defender in Game 2, where in Game 1 she was a little less stout defensively, so that's big. Evan Black is going to take away. 
awesome storm. Well, I'm still deflated by what the storm did to the Mystics here in D.C., but I'm gotta, I got to focus on Wilson. I mean, she had a bad game. She comes back with 33. She was ice in the in the second and and four. I'm sorry, in the third and fourth periods. Hit those free throws. She is the bellwether for that team. Supporting cast or not, they will ride her. Well done. A first time in WNBA postseason history that opposing players had 30 points and three blocks. Cue the gladiator meme. We are entertained. This is what we came for. I love it. But if you're Seattle. I think you're feeling pretty good because Chelsea Gray has been unbelievable. She's shooting 68% from the field, mm-hmm. but you're going home. You split the series, okay. and you're hoping to get Gabby Williams back, who could be a defensive presence and also an offensive one if she's So helping. you're almost saying advantage Seattle. Monica, do you, do you abide by that? Listen, it's a really tough argument. You could get into the nitty-gritty of both teams, but the Aces have played better through the course of the regular season. Yes, this is a different ballgame now in the postseason, but I think if Kelsey Plum is able to continue to play well and Chelsea Gray, like, it's just a lot. Duncan, back in. You want to oppose, please. Jewel Lloyd had eight points last night, right? The last time she was held to single digits, she bounced back with a 38-point performance. I don't think we're going to see that in game three, but I'm just saying it was still There's a really still tight game. There's still more on the table. Okay. Factor. Love how McNutt says it's a really tough argument. That's what you're here for. Come on. You're not in the mood. You get in the mood. Candace Parker, uh, looking over at Serena, looking over at Pujols, looking over at Tom Brady, of course. She's like, I'm still in my prime here. Monica, what are you buying? What are you selling from Chicago's win? I'm I'm buying Candace Parker, and I'm wondering if she's going to be too much for the Connecticut Sun to overcome. Not because she's only the second player to average 15 points, 10 rebounds, and 5 assists through 5 games in the postseason, but because of what she's doing mentally and the way that she's leading the reigning champions potentially back to the finals. Emily Kaplan. I'm buying, and I know it's easy, but this is like the last stance because all of the starters on Chicago, except for Kalia Copper, are unrestricted free agents. And while it was the Candace Parker show in game one, she finally got the supporting cast, and they were moving the ball in game two. So I like Chicago, and I like their last stance. Lock Stone, take away from Skywind. Balance and efficiency. Five starters in double figures and efficiency, 50% shooting, 40% from the three. I mean, this is the team that you thought you would see. This is the type of team that can repeat and do something that's not been WNBA in almost, what, 20 years now? To repeat, yeah. It has been 20 years since the Sparks did it. And Connecticut mucked it up in game one a little bit. That's how they are defensively, L. Any takeaway from the first two games here? That's exactly what they did. They played their way in game one, and it was back to the skies way in game two. Pretty. They were passing the ball. I think 22 assists on, what, 32 made baskets. But more importantly, Candace Parker is a joy killer in the best kind of way because outside of the fact that she was facilitating and scoring and playing defense, every single time they would get a little bit of momentum, here she would go with some stifling or snuffling moves. So she is a joy killer in the best way. We talked about Serena's performance last night. The queen, Candace Parker, was on one. Mm-hmm. Buy or sell three, the New York Yankees. Their lead was 15 and a half on July 8th. It's six now, September 1, over Tampa. And the Yankees play six of their next ten against the Rays starting tomorrow. Their worst month in franchise in 31 years, Emily Kaplan. Should they be worried? Part of me is not worried because it's a bunch of one-run games. It's not a bunch of blowouts. At the same time, they can't hit. 12 games with three hits or fewer, including half of those in the last month. They only have one productive infielder, while the rest of Major League Baseball is calling up their star prospects. They refuse to call up Oswald Peraza. So, I'm not super concerned, but they need to make some adjustments. So, let me get this straight. If if I'm hearing what you're saying, you're not concerned, but you are concerned. Kevin Blackenstone, how about you? (laughs) 
Um, I'd be concerned because all four of their tires are uh, have puncture marks in them right now. Injuries, um, the pitching, including the bullpen, was already weak, and now it's the Aaron Judge show on offense. Um, they need to rectify that if they expect to go uh, far into the playoffs. Well, Duncan. Of course, when are we supposed to panic? Like a dummy, I sat on this very show like a month ago and I was like, well, I mean, really, I'm not worried about them losing the division because, uh, you know, they've got an insurmountable lead. I'm really worried about their... All right. (laughs) That insurmountable 15 and a half game lead is down to six. If you're not panicking now, when are you panicking? Outside of home field advantage, we're talking about them not even winning the division potentially. That's nuts. I don't know how I feel about your L. Duncan impression, but Monica McNutt, how about you? <laughs> Just, I'm not, I'm not willing to panic because to KB's points, tires with punctures, well, they can be plugged in. You can get healthy, and then you can get back on your stride. Nestor Cortez is set to return shortly. That'll okay. give him a boost in terms of pitching. You know what Judge brings if Stanton can find his bat. Like baseball's a long season. I'm not sure. Biggest choke in in regular season history is 13 games, so this would be the biggest. They already have the biggest choke in playoff history. Emily Kaplan, Kevin Blackstone, front row seats for Showdown, Monica McNutt, and L. Duncan, next. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Monica L. Good luck in showdown. Aaron Donald indicating it was just practice when he said, quote, it was just practice, end quote. We're still talking about the helmet incident because the NFL hasn't even made a move here on anything since it happened. What do you think of the way this kind of just disappeared and was it just practice? Monica McNutt? Well, with all respect to all that Allen Iverson was going through at the time, we talking about practice? I think Aaron Donald is on to something in terms of where this t- took place. Like, this was a scrimmage between two teams. Things get heated. I think things look a lot worse to us on the outside than teams just practicing against one another. L. I don't Duncan. think it's And on top of that, too, like, any punishment would have to come down from the Rams. So we're going to expect them to self-punish one of their most important players in their follow-up to their Super Bowl championship <laughs> run. Like, please, y'all stop. Mm-mm. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. You took a helmet to the head. I mean, I honestly, what, what, what are we doing here? We'll move on. Showdown to Gunnar Henderson, one of the best prospects in baseball. Got the call up to the Orioles before September 1 so he can play in the playoffs. <clears throat> and hit a home run in his first major league game. Al, what was more impressive? Hitting the home run in his first game or the hair of it all? 
Yeah, I would say that um, there are a couple things that are impressive. A, that he's got the definite, like, rookie, your helmet doesn't fit yet, but also the idea that the Orioles called up a prospect at this point of the season because they're a playoff team. That is mind-blowing, wow. and I actually love it for Baltimore. That's very impressive, but is it is the hair of it all, Tony. I'm sorry, like, dudes with great hair, it's a thing, it's beautiful. It was just flowing. I think M calls it hockey, hockey flow? Yes. Mm -hmm. This was a tour de force performance today. L. Duncan, wire to wire win, 30 seconds of phase time. <laughs> okay, there is a flagrant overuse of the term uh, rivalry in sports, but that is not the case in what we're seeing tonight in college football, the backyard brawl between Pitt and West Virginia. Our colleague Harry Lyles Jr. has a great article up right now on ESPN.com that talks about preparing for this game isn't just about film study. It's knowing what's going to be thrown at your bus and how to react when a 10-year-old tells you to eat you know what. Can't wait to see it. 7 o'clock, ESPN, they hate each other and it's great. But what do the numbers what? say about that, L. Duncan? <laughs> the numbers say this is the 150. Here's a number, 23 and a half hour break. We'll see you tomorrow.